We got this. We are smart girlies. Who said that? I did. Hi, and welcome to Lesbians. I'm Armani. And I'm Mac. Grab your nearest queer and your nearest oat milk ice latte and get comfy and listen to us talk about everything and anything. Uh, okay, so can you tell me what the, the knee thing is? The knee thing? <laughs> the knee thing. So it's when you were having adult time <clears throat> with your partner and preferably two with two, two, two people with clits. Um, and the knee thing is when it's not like scissoring, like when you, um, you need to start having videos so you can see the visuals. It's not when like you like typically scissor. Think about like, take, take the scissors, flip them horizontal and then flip one over it. And just think about like one person is like, you know, you're kind of humping the knee of the other person. So like you're oh. kind of both grinding on the knee. Oh, I'll try it this weekend. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the pod. Welcome back to Lesbians. It's Mac. And our money. Okay. So let's start. Makana, what are your updates for this week? My updates for this week. I am going to a Rainbow Kitten Surprise concert. I'm very excited. But the forecast looks sketchy. So if it rains, I'm going to cry. Um, I will stand and be at the concert in the rain. The only thing is like the amphitheater is not covered. So I feel like if it rains, it's going to get canceled. But at the same time, like I'll be at the beach and like it'll be fun to be there anyway. But if it gets canceled, I'll be really sad because I did want to go see them in Denver, but money. So this was my chance to see them. Um, but fingers crossed we don't get rained out and it's a good concert. We'll update soon. Um, but also on top of that, you know, just following up on, you know, SCOTUS and everything that's been happening, I have just started spamming my father with as much information as possible because he is just so dense and I value our relationship because we can have those, you know, intellectual, intellectual conversations, um, like, that's something that we've always talked about growing up. Like, when I was a kid, like, that's just, we've always just talked. When I asked a question about something complex, he made us, me and my siblings, all, you know, search up and, like, find the answers ourselves. And, like, he was like, okay, like, write me a paper on this. So, like, he wouldn't tell us the answers. So, he taught us how to, you know, Google things for ourselves, find answers for ourselves. And now he's upset that I'm doing that. And so I am using these skills he taught me against him to try to educate him further. Um, <clears throat> so let's see how quickly I get blocked. I'm not on his phone plan anymore. So here, <laughs> last election, you know, we, uh, we got in a fight so bad he kicked me off the phone plan. Um, so we'll just see if I get blocked. But I do have his email. So we'll just go from there. <laughs> We're crazy. We'll add you on WhatsApp. TikTok, Instagram. I'll pull my LinkedIn uh, move. <laughs> I send him stuff on Facebook Messenger, and he just always replies with like the thumbs up emoji. That's it. I, hate, I honestly hate that. 
What's happening this weekend? I have just heard of a lot of kind of just like bands, you know, like not purchasing gas this weekend, you know, not trying, like no spending this weekend, pretty much. Like stay home. Oh, yeah. Well, what are we this weekend? That's why, so Madeline and I talked about this um, because, you know, I'm going to the concert with her. And so we're going to the concert. We've already paid for the hotel. So that's like one expense that we've paid for the hotel and the tickets. Those are not expenses that we are contributing to this month or this weekend. Mm -hmm. So we are going to do our best. I'm going to get gas on Friday before the band starts. Um, So I saw something that was like, get gas this day. So like it's four. So I'm doing that. Okay, So I'll get gas on Friday. Yes. Um, You know, obviously... While I get gas, I can get some, you know, road snacks. It's not a, it's not a quick trip. It's, it's four hours, which isn't the worst thing in the world, but it's still not great. Um, so get some roadie snacks. Shout out to my brother for taking care of my dog. Um, and so we're gonna spend as little as we can during the concert and everything, and then we're leaving right after breakfast. So we're not gonna be there. So then I'm coming home. And there is a, I, it's kind of, I've seen one thing about it. I think it's kind of TBD, um, but a protest on Sunday night. So depending on what time we get back from Wilmington, we sh- definitely should be back in time um, So that. But yeah, going to try to spend not a lot, which is also good for myself because I spend way too much fucking money. Uh, yeah. So I just spent a hundred dollars at Barnes and Nobles. Uh, yeah. It's... My cart in Amazon is a hundred dollars right now. Damn. Wait. Oh, we need to get microphones. So me and Makana might be getting microphones soon. So maybe the audio will be a little bit better. But bad, comment below. <laughs> comment below in the comment section that doesn't exist on anywhere we upload these podcasts but just dm us on lesbians if it's really bad uh i'm going to tell this story super briefly because i'm really gonna elaborate once we take down fresh and fit but (laughs) i think it was like two weekends ago or something like that me and my in midtown atlanta i think and we're literally minding our business. I'm sipping a little girly fruity drink. Well, actually, it wasn't a girly. It was a vodka Sprite, but it was like a Tito's and Sprite. I'm enjoying myself. I'm living. I'm laughing. I'm loving. And why does this man come up to us? And we're sitting like in this booth, like on the same, like it was like one of those circular booths kind of things. We're like sitting down. He comes up to us and he's like, hey, do you guys want to be on a podcast? And at first I was thinking that he was like one of those people that goes around when like people are drunk and like ask them like, name three continents or something like that you know what i'm talking about and they like make you look kind of stupid but it's like funny it's like so i thought that's what it was gonna be and i was like no i've been, I've been training for this fucking day like if you did that it would be fine i i watch those videos constantly to, they're to so talk, funny to be ready to be prepared at any time Sever paratus right you have to know the difference between a continent and a country number one well some people also like don't know when the constitution was signed or what the 4th of July is just really think like simple things that you should know. They just don't, but if they come for me, I'm ready. I got them. Let's go. Um, okay. Yeah. So back, back on topic. So we meet this, these people and I thought it was that. So I was like, Oh yeah. Like that sounds like fun. 
And then we start talking and I'm like, oh, are you guys like fresh and fit mini me's like kind of joking around? And he's like, oh, I know those guys. I watch their podcast. And I was like, ew, you watch their podcast. And I was like, what's your podcast called? And he said, red pill. As soon as men start talking about red pill, I don't even really know what that means. I just know it's associated with men who believe that women are like lesser than them. Well, I so I was like, do with the matrix, like red pill, blue pill. I could be Let's look it up. What is the red pill? No, I think you're right. It is something to do with that. But what is red pill? Okay, so by taking the red pill, it's a choice between the willingness to learn a potentially unsettling or life-changing truth. So they're over here talking like they are truth bears. Oh. Yeah. They're not, babes. You're really not saying anything eye-opening that, like, a sexist man in the 50s did not say. So, basically, he was just, like, telling us that men prefer... Men prefer? Stop right there. Men... I don't care. Um, he said that men prefer women ages 18 to 24, no matter how old the man is, up until 60. He was like, you are going to prefer... You are going to want to date 18 to 24-year-olds. And I said, Why? Like, think about that. Because this man was 27. What the fuck business do you have to do with an 18-year-old? What, what business? On with an 18-year-old? No. So then I said, what do you look for in a woman? He said three things. The first thing that came out of his mouth was compliance. I don't even think... McCullough, I cannot believe that... I cannot believe that this literally happened to me. Compliance? I think we stopped him there. Compliance. I don't even want to hear the next two. Just stop right there. Get out. Yeah, please, sir. Please. Mind you, this man, his beard did not connect and he was like 5'6". Sir, please calm down. You get no bitches. And he was like, I don't want a woman who's going to argue back with me when I have a business idea. So you don't want her to have an opinion. Okay, so that's why you're dating 18-year-olds. That's literally why. Like, And I kept asking him, what do you have in common with an 18-year-old? And he was like, it doesn't have anything to do with things in common. That's just who we're attracted to. So you're attracted to children. So you're attracted to like barely legal and children. And the reason older men want to date 18-year-olds, like anyone before, I would say like 2021, 20, you know, 18, like that age range, those few years, is because that women at that age are still so young that they're still so vulnerable and, you know, malleable, like impressionable. Yes, yes so they can easily manipulate them into doing anything that they want because they don't know any better. And you, as the older yeah. man, just put those words into your little brain, um, are purposely taking advantage of these women because they're young. And it's disgusting. That, that is literally the word compliance. Like, sir, you don't want... And then when I went, because you followed me on Instagram... When I went to go look at his YouTube channel, the women that he had on his YouTube channel were all 18 and 19 year olds. Sir, you don't want me on your podcast because I'll read you to filth. I will read you to filth because when I was 18 and 19, I probably would have like, you know, I was like, you know, like easily manipulated when I was yeah. 18, 19. Now I have a voice of my own and I will destroy you. And then he also asked what I could provide to a man, like what I bring to, like to a relationship with a man. I said, I'm gay. Nothing. Literally nothing. That's why they would never have us on. 
Because you can't, I'm not arguing about things that men and women do. Because guess what? I don't date men, so I don't care. I genuinely do not care what you think about me. Exactly. Like straight women, that is a whole nother thing. Um, That's kind of just like the rough experience of me arguing. And literally my voice hurt so much the next day because I was like screaming, but also just because it was really loud. But I also was talking really loud because I was just like, I cannot believe that this is happening to me right now. Um, But he has not messaged me to get me on the podcast, but I'm ready. Sir, sign me up. I'm so excited for our series that we're going to do, just really flaming, um, fresh and fit. So if any of our listeners have looked at fresh and fit, because I honestly haven't seen like a lot of their episodes or what their episodes are about. I've seen clips on TikTok, of course, but if anyone has like an episode that is just absolutely heinous that you'd like us to you know do a cute little review on um definitely you know dm us and we'll look into it please yeah so that was just kind of one of my well it's kind of an old update but now i've just been getting ready to move to philly which i'm super excited about girl (laughs) i know i'm excited obviously still like a little bit scared because i know philly's like kind of sketchy but i think overall i'm just happy to get out of like this small college town that i'm in right now white college town too i moved 20 miles from my college town to like the actual city part and it feels amazing but at the same time i'm paying so much in rent so i can't wait to get a little house that's gonna Mm -hmm. be the same amount as my apartment but i'm gonna have a yard and multiple rooms. I'm going to have walls. <laughs> walls. We love that. I have a. I don't even have a real bathroom door. The geniuses that built my studio put a barn door with no latch <laughs> as the bathroom door. Oh. Cooping when someone's over like that. Right next to the bed. <laughs> R.I.P. Got a quick... Because I don't want to, uh, I'm probably not going to talk about any books because I haven't read any of that I want to talk about. But uh, there's this documentary on Netflix by you know who Ben Crump is, right? I probably do, but I'm really bad with names. Ben Crump is the lawyer who he's a black man. He represents a lot of like he represented like George Floyd's family, uh, oh. Brianna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, like he takes on those cases, obviously smaller, like lesser known cases as well, but he, he's like a civil lawyer. So he can like sue the city and get a bunch of money. Um, but I was watching his documentary and it was really good because people think that he's like money hungry and stuff like that. And I guess like his, these kind of police brutality cases are like a very small percentage of what he actually does. And I think they usually bring in uh lesser like they don't bring as in as much money as people think and what else his uh law practice brings in so it was really it was really good obviously really sad too yeah I feel like especially with these high profile cases if he was pocketing a ton of money from the families it would be a huge scandal so it's not even like he's making a ton of money like he's doing this because it's what he thinks is right exactly and a lot of black families want to be represented by black people like a black lawyer you know what I mean? like that happens you know in all situations like i have a friend who's a social worker and 
one of their uh, students' mothers said that they would rather have them have a different social worker because her being a white woman, you know, she can't connect to her in the same way that a black woman can, which makes a lot of sense. So it makes sense that it would happen with a lawyer as well. Right. Exactly. All right. And have you been watching, reading? Yeah. So, well, okay. I like read this book intermittently um, because it's, if you get it, you'll kind of understand the way it's written. It's this is still the same book that you've been talking about for the last four episodes. No. (laughs) Did you finish it, Gellia's Daughters? No. (laughs) (laughs) But I am talking about a different book. Um, just the way it's written, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you can flip through it and everything. Um, but the book is Women Don't Owe You Pretty by Florence Given. I have, it does put, you know, a big emphasis on being happy while you're alone. And I think it does go along, you know, with what we'll be talking about today. Because I feel like being alone, truly being happy while you're single, you learn a lot about yourself. And then, you know, from there, you can understand truly who you are and what you want um and also from last week's episode she does have great commentary about the male gaze so if you're interested if you like last week's episode and you want to learn more about that that is a great resource and so yeah and then i've i've been watching a lot of news which is really bad for my mental health so I've been trying to balance that. Um, Westworld came out with season four. So I decided to just start rewatching that. It's so good for anyone that hasn't watched it. I highly recommend it. it is on HBO. Um, it's about just, you know, robots and futuristic stuff. So if you're into sci-fi and things like that, you'll like it. But it's like a what almost Western. Um, I feel like I'm not going to talk to you about it that much, Armani, because I feel like it would just add to your existential crisis (laughs) about us being part of a simulation so yeah you mean i know that we're in a simulation absolutely well watch westworld then because it'll really just blow your mind (gasps) okay i'll watch it with elena we're watching elias grace right now which is also by margaret atwood have you i'm pretty and like it's not talked about a lot but it's on netflix it's so good and there's only six episodes and it's like a limited series but it basically follows a woman who was like locked up in a a insane asylum because they think that like she killed her uh because it's set back in like the 1800s maybe because they're wearing those like dresses you know what i mean like women do like housework like you know what i mean like back in the day and first of all the dresses the dresses are slaying they're slaying okay um but yeah elias grace is like super good and it, yeah, me and Elena are about to, uh, we're like on the fifth episode. We're going to uh, watch that tonight. But yeah, Margaret Atwood, she knows how to write a damn good story. She do. She really do. Okay. Are we ready to get into the topic? Let's get into the topic. All right. This one has been highly requested. We have had people messaging us saying, am I gay? Well, guess what? Today, you're about to find out. Today, we are going to be talking about the Lesbian Master Doc. You've heard of it. We've all read it. Actually, not everyone's read it. But, you know, it was very popular on TikTok, especially in quarantine. Everybody's talking about the Lesbian Master Doc. And then... I read it. 
it did a number on me. So Makana is going to kind of delve into the lesbian master doc, but I did some research, like kind of what the lesbian master doc framework was based on. So that's what I'm going to be talking about today. Yeah, I feel like I'll talk about like, I'll break down the lesbian master doc. And Armani is really kind of because the lesbian master doc is framed from compulsory heterosexuality, comp het. Um, so Armani is going to go ahead and like define what comp het is and like where that originated. According to Cheyenne M. Davis, she, they, a sex writer and a founder of Unveiled, a sex and kink publication for black and brown folk, compulsory heterosexuality is a notion that heterosexuality is the only valid sexuality and that everyone should be and is expected to be straight. So under this idea, anyone who isn't heterosexual is considered to be deviant, says Luna Mateus, which they go by she, her. Um, she is a pleasure educator and a creator of Peg the Patriarchy. Love that name. She said it promotes stigma, reinforces grounds for discrimination, and limits the understanding of sexuality and gender as an expansive and fluid. Which, of course, that's how sexu- sexuality should be. I also love that name because the way that when I was sleeping with men, I wanted to peg them so bad. It was it was a power thing. <laughs> if a man ever let me peg him, I would never speak to him again. No one would let me. The man that I slept with last was like the closest I got because he would like joke about it, and I'd be like, "Oh, he, he was almost there, McCann. He was almost there, almost there." And then I was like, "You know what? Now I, I don't want to sleep with men anymore. <laughs> Sorry Not for me. Uh, I actually just want to wear the strap." that's that's what it was i just wanted to wear the strap yeah i got uh strapped like two weeks ago maybe no maybe like a week and a half ago and um i put on my brave bottom face and i took the strap and honestly i felt really emotionally vulnerable in that moment this is why i wear the strap and i don't take the strap because every time i take it i'm like i'm scared I yes, no. I, I'm not a taker of the show. I am a taker, but I but I'm also a giver. I am a giver. This is way too tea. Oh, like, imagine my grandma listening to this. Jesus Christ! I tell like, my parents not to listen to this. Yeah, I told my friends. I told my brother not to listen to this. Tell me why his first response was, "Oh, are you talking about me?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh wait, which one was it? Was it Lucas? It was Josh. Josh, this whole podcast yeah. is dedicated to talking shit about you. So don't literally listen. you and your single girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in other words, compulsory heterosexuality can mean things like only looking for straight people on Tinder because all your friends are doing it. Also, picturing yourself eventually having a straight wedding because you grew up watching straight rom coms and seeing straight brides on magazines. And I do want to read this like note that I wrote one time that I was thinking about because I have to write things down because I'll forget them. It's just like uh, kind of, I think based off this. So I wrote or, okay, I feel like I was if I wasn't so conditioned to be in a heteronormative relationship with men and I was told that I could like either gender or even non-binary people that I could possibly have ended up with a man because I had to suppress those feelings for so long and I was not given the opportunity to explore my sexuality until like two years ago, 
And it feels like I'm trying to catch up with missed time. So I don't feel the need to talk or be romantically interested in men. So now it's like, because imagine if from birth, we were raised, like, just like who you want. Just be with whoever you want. There is no straight. There's like, you know what I mean? You're just with people. I've always said, like, I feel like the, what is it called? You know, just from the start, everyone is bisexual. Yeah. Everyone is bisexual. Explore everyone and then you know at the same way that some people have a preference for hair or names the way that I have friends that have dated like 10 people that have the same name I'm like come on pick a different name granted it is a very generic name so but dude come on (laughs) um but you know it could be the same thing and everyone would figure out their preference and everyone could just be happy and judgment free. Right. Because I feel like if we were conditioned from such a young age that you can be with a man or a woman, it literally doesn't matter or a non-binary person, then I could have been, I could have been technically straight. This is why I'm so upset about just, you know, the Florida don't say gay bill. Um, they did another thing, you know, cause Florida just got to do more cause it's Florida. But you know, in response to the don't gay, yeah. In response to the don't say gay bill, they're now like forcing teachers to take down pictures of, you know, them and their spouses, them and their partners. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, they're banning rainbow clothing, which, and also they're requiring that they out students if they come out, like they out them to their parents, which is incredibly dangerous because you have no idea what situation that child has in their home also pretty bold coming from a state that has a court that is currently like there's like injunctions that are um keeping injunctions preventing the enforcement of conversion therapy in florida so you're gonna out these kids these kids could have uber conservative religious parents and then these kids could also get sent to conversion therapy, which is just torture. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Very pro-life of you. Very, very, very pro-life, very pro-life of you. Save the kids, right? <laughs> Literally. I, if I ever, I really don't plan on having children. I really just don't see that in my future. But if I did... I would raise them from the start of just being like, just like whoever you would like. And I wouldn't just show them like movies and characters that were only like straight. You know what I mean? So they can get a good view of what the world is actually like. Yeah. I know if I had kids, I would raise them well. You know, they'd be very open-minded individuals, but also the world that they'd be coming into is just... Not a vibe. Mm-mm. Okay. I'm not going to have child for them to get shot when they're six not worth it yeah no and just like sarah huckabee sanders well actually mcconna she said that she would keep your children as safe in the womb as she does in the classroom did you hear her say that how many school shootings has her state had this year no, she's from Arkansas, but like, babes, did you forget about Uvalde that like literally just happened? Like, literally, this is the worst thing. There are a handful of school shootings. Okay, so I read a 
essay written by Adriana Rich called Compulsory Heterosexuality and the Lesbian Experience. So Adriana Rich, she's, she was an American poet. She was an essayist and she was a feminist. She was called one of the most widely read and influential poets of the second half of the 20th century and was credited for bringing the oppression of women and lesbians to the forefront of poetic discourse. That was from Wikipedia. Don't quote me on my sources. Um, so I read it. These are a couple of notes that I took on it. So she first points out that in literature and in social sciences, um, that they made an assumption that women are innately sexually oriented towards men or that the lesbian choice was a way to act out in a bitterness towards men. So, you know, when like girls are like, oh my God, I hate men. I wish I could be a lesbian. Being a lesbian is one of the loneliest experiences that you will ever go through. That so. was me. I'll talk about this when we go into like the lesbian master doc. But one of the like signs of, you know, you, you might want to question things is wishing that you were yeah. a lesbian, bisexual, gay. And when I was growing up, I was like, oh my God, I wish I could be a lesbian. I wish I liked girls. Like, girl, you did. Stop lying to yourself. I just told my, you know, I told myself that I couldn't like girls that it, it wasn't an, even an option for me yeah I remember thinking about that like right after I would be done watching like lesbian porn I would be like oh like I can't like I would say in my head like oh I'm bisexual and then I would immediately suppress that thought and I'd be like no I'm not no because like nobody was out at our school like nobody else was out so it was just like because this was like when I was like 15 16 so it was like I went through one of our yearbook. I went through our senior yearbook actually today. I got a bunch, so we can do an episode one day <laughs> about you know all the gay people now because Smithfield has is apparently just a breeding ground. But at the time, there were like two, like three people out in our yeah. completely. But like that was it. Yeah, so it wasn't even an option. It was you have you have a boyfriend. Period. <laughs> Yeah, end of story. So um, a fun fact that I learned was that the New Haven colony of 1656 prescribed the death penalty for lesbians. Not surprised. The coochie carpet munchers. Well, it doesn't, that doesn't even go into, I mean, I don't know what's in 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s. A lot of American history, people who were gay were sent to mental asylums mental hospitals and given electroshock therapy, different insane therapies for being gay. Yeah. I mean, I would love to get an lobotomy like now because yeah. honestly, I like just, huh? Give me one, please. Uh, please to cure my never ending depression. Just give me a little lobotomy, something cute for the summertime. We can get Matt. I think there might be like a two for one deal. <laughs> so maybe we can go get one together. You know how they, how they have like ketamine treatments now for depression? You know, just a little like, yeah, they have ketamine treatments for depression now. And it's like basically, you know, like come in, trip a little and then leave and your depression's cured. Like, I feel like I just need to go to the desert and do like a peyote trip, like an intense ass trip. And I'll just come out like never depressed again and i think i'll be good right back together again lexapro i beat you 
be Lex World. Lex World be beating my ass. That's why I'm so tired all the fucking time. But my depression's like pretty much cured. But uh, anyways, so uh, Rich also makes an interesting point that back in the day, lesbians and gay men were just kind of like grouped together. But Rich was like, no, they can't be because a lesbian who is closeted at her job because of heterosexist prejudice is not just forced into denying the truth about her outside relationships or private life. Her job depends on pretending to not be merely heterosexual, but a heterosexual woman in the terms of dressing, playing the feminine deferential role required of real women. And the woman that decisively resists sexual overtures in the workplace is also accused of being dried up sexless or a lesbian. But like, so gay men, obviously they still struggle. Like they have to hide their outside life, but they're not having to put on this like performance that gay women do. Right. If that makes any sense. Yeah. I feel like a majority of gay men can, you know, pass through society, even through the decades, other than, you know, hyper feminine gay men, I feel like, you know, um, people who do drag, things like that. Um, You know, all of those have been secretive throughout the years. Um, But then for lesbian women, it's if you're not with a man, if you're not hyper feminine, then there's something wrong with you. So even just the slightest hint of masculinity was bad, which as you see with a lot of lesbians, a lot of lesbians are masculine. Even some, you have the sect of like feminine lesbians, but I feel like the larger sect has some kind of masculinity intertwined. And so then I feel like it's a larger, I I feel like the same amount of lesbians that are feminine is the same amount of gay men that are feminine. I could be completely wrong. Because, you know, my frame of mind could be small. If I'm wrong, please correct me. But that's how I kind of feel about it in this frame, you know, to kind of make this make sense. Um, And so in that scenario, the larger amount of men are able to hide, you know, are able to pass. But the larger amount of women are the ones that are struggling. Yeah, 100%. So also Kathleen Berry wrote in The Female Sexual Slavery. This is a quote. As sexual power is learned by adolescents' boys through social experience of their sex drive, so do girls learn that the locus of their sexual power is male. Given the importance placed on the male sex drive in the socialization of girls as well as boys, early adolescence is probably the first significant phase of male identification in the girls' lives and development. As a young girl becomes aware of her own increasing sexual feelings, she turns away from her primary relationships with girlfriends, which I feel like is true. Once you start that, like, I think they're more talking probably like once you hit like sixth, seventh grade, when it becomes really important, people start like dating people. That's like what you're shown first is obviously a heteronormative relationship. Mm-hmm. It says, as they become secondary to her, her girl friendships, and recede in importance in her life, her own identity also assumes a secondary role and she grows into male identification. The male gaze. The male gaze. Growing into a woman that is for the male gaze. Yep. Is putting one yourself on a back burner and your female friendships on a back burner because those are the two things that can lead you in the right direction. (laughs) The right. And now you're in the wrong. 
which I also relate to that a lot. I mean, I, I have also done this in my relationships with women. So I think it's kind of just about having boundaries and being a healthy person in general. But I can relate to, you know, once you have like a crush on a boy, you know, or you start talking to a boy, like, I feel like it's acceptable to put your friends on a back burner for a boy. It, it's, it's almost like you you should put this relationship over other things. Like, that's okay. That, that's what should happen. Right. The lesbian existence has been written out of history or catalog under disease, partly because it has been treated as an exceptional rather than intrinsic, partly because to acknowledge that for a woman, heterosexuality may not be a preference at all, but something that has been imposed, managed, organized, propagandized, and maintained by force is an immense step to take if you consider yourself freely and innately heterosexual. Yet the failure to examine heterosexuality as an institution is like failing to admit that the economic system called capitalism or the caste system of racism is maintained by a variety of forces, including both physical violence and false consciousness. Yep. And one of the last things that I just want to say is lesbian existence comprises both the breaking of taboo and the rejection of the compulsory way of life. It is also a direct or indirect attack on the male right of access to women. And that's the whole thing. Yeah. And I feel like that goes into why society just hates lesbians because lesbians don't need no man. Because men are not centered in our relationship. You do not need a man for anything. Nothing. Nothing at all. Except for my dad. He's my OG, but that's it. That's the only man. That's my OG. He got his issues, but he's still my OG. For real. Okay, I'm going to let Makana talk about this lesbian master doc now. Okay, yeah. So now that we, you know, are a little bit educated on what compulsory heterosexuality is to begin with, we can talk about the lesbian master doc. Um, so I wanted to start out with saying, cause I know there has been conversation about there being bi erasure within the lesbian master dog. So I, I just want to, you know, acknowledge that, you know, there is bi erasure in society and we're going to do an episode, you know, digging into that, what that looks like, what biphobia is. Um, so I definitely don't want to have any bi erasure within this episode because bisexuals can definitely have an overlapping experience in the lesbian master doc um and you know when it says am i a lesbian you know yes that is speaking truth to lesbians but if you are a bisexual and you read the lesbian master doc i feel like it can help you further explore your sexuality the same way it helps lesbians so Um, And also, I've seen a lot of sources talking about, like, bisexuality and compat and the way of, you know, knowing if you, like, knowing you're attracted to women, but at the same time still being attracted to men. Like, are you attracted to men because you're actually attracted to men? Or are you attracted to men because society tells you you should be attracted to men? Um, Okay, so... These are quotes and things that I've pulled out of the Lesbian Master Doc. I highly recommend reading it to, you know, anyone that hasn't read it already. It's pretty easy to find on Google. Um, We can also, you know, put it in the show notes. So 
just to break it down, compulsory is the opposite of optional. So it's exactly what it sounds like. Being straight is something that our culture tries to force on us. It's not an option. Every Disney princess you see has a prince. Every movie is heterosexual people. You know, you don't see gay people represented like that. Um, Even if someone is just, you know, even if they are straight, but they want to be single, like even that's wrong. You know, you're taught that you need a man to be happy and that you need to do all of these things to make men happy. You know, like we talked with the male gays, like makeup, attitude, pleasing them in bed, you know, it's all about that. So most lesbians found out the way that attraction to men was heterosexuality. Like attraction is really complicated because it's a lot of societal conditioning. And so with that societal conditioning and with our society saying that we need to be attracted to men, like you need to have a man. It's when you start to pick and choose things. Cause I remember when I was dating men, I was like, I'm not attracted to this guy, but there, there are these qualities about him that like I can take. And I remember, you know, one of my exes, like I wasn't attracted to him at all, but everyone was telling me like, Oh, you guys are going to date. You guys are going to date. And so like, I kind of convinced myself I was attracted to him. Um, and with that, you know, like I wasn't actually attracted to him, but in my head I was like, oh, well, I don't need to be attracted to him. You know, I just, we're we're friends and, you know, the best relationships are built on friendship, right? Like that's what it is. No, girl, you're just gay, (laughs) which is really funny because I got into a deep hole. I probably said this already, but a deep hole about into Girl Defined. And one of the episodes was about attraction. And they were literally saying like, yeah, no, I wasn't attracted to my husband. <laughs> and I feel like the girl defined girls on there are kind of just like the best example of people in compact. Like I've seen, a, I haven't watched a lot of their videos, but I've seen some where their husbands have been on there. And, like, their husbands 100% went to conversion therapy, like, without a doubt. I'm pretty sure that they said that they did. Like, they're, like one of their husbands did go to conversion therapy. Or I might be thinking of Caitlin Bennett because her and her husband have both been to conversion. I think all of them have been, which is very funny. But it's some of the things that they said was she wasn't attracted to this, you know, good Christian guy. But she prayed to God. She prayed real hard and God did something to her heart. And then she took a chance with him and now they're married, even though she wasn't attracted to him whatsoever. But God said that this was the right thing. <laughs> and then another one was like, um, I wasn't attracted to him, but I gave it everything I could. She went to counseling and got church mentoring because she wasn't attracted to this man. Straight people. Are we okay? No. What are we what are we doing? What are we doing here? Um <clears throat> another thing they said was people needed freedom from pornography to, you know, be happy and have attraction. Which girly pop, what kind of pornography are you watching? Because I remember when I was telling myself I was straight, I was watching lesbian porn all day, every day, like 
Come on, girl, be honest. You couldn't put my, you could not put a gun to my head and make me watch straight porn. Like gun to my head. Just shoot me. Just shoot me dead. No. I don't even want to I don't even want to I don't even want to see it. I don't want to know what exists. When I started watching porn, I did not start with straight porn and I will not end on straight porn. And that is Never. that. Um so yeah, so um just that attraction piece, you know, it's really just from society. Um and so you think you like them, but you pick out reasons that you like them that aren't actually true attraction. It's just based on what society wants. Um, and so a lot of like different examples of compulsory heterosexuality that can kind of help you gauge. I, there are a ton of examples. So if you go to the actual lesbian master doc and read them, um, I'm sure that there are some that will relate to a lot of different people. I pulled Molly. <laughs> I pulled a few. It's a lot, but I pulled some that I, you know, thought that was, you know, it spoke to me and kind of like Armani. Uh, one thing, the first one was deciding who you are attracted to based on criteria. In my notes, I said, Armani, I'm looking at you. Just because, you know, having impossible standards for men, you know, that could be a sign that you're not actually attracted to men. Um, <clears throat> finding men attractive, but, you know, not actually wanting to be with them in bed, you know, like not Which wanting I feel to. is where I'm at now. Like, I find men attractive, but the second I think about sleeping with them, I'm like, oh, oh, no, no. Yeah, the second I remember that they have a penis, I'm like, mm -mm. I can go my entire, the rest of my life without ever seeing a penis again. I'm so good. I yeah. am so good. Um, some other things is, you know, like picking guys to be attracted to based on, you know, traits. So like we said this in the first episode, you know, being attracted to the richest guy, the hottest guy, the tallest guy, things like that. Um, but then also, you know, picking random guys, which I did 100% in my horror era. I was like, if I went out one night and it was almost, it was 1.30 at night, bar closes at two, I didn't have anyone to go home with. I said, who is the most not heinous guy in my vicinity? That's who's coming home with me tonight. Um... And then this one also made me think of you, Armani. You lose all attraction as soon as they like you back. Yes, that was one of my biggest struggles that I dealt with for the longest time was I would really like a guy and become so fixated and obsessed with him. The second that he would return that attraction towards me, I would get the ick. Like, and I would feel it in my core, the ick. Like, all the, like I couldn't even... There's some girls that I've met that can kind of like, they'll get the ick, but then they can move past the ick. I could never move past the ick. Like it, I had probably tried like once or twice to move past it and it just kept getting worse. So then I could not continue. So anytime I would get the ick, I would immediately just cut it off the second. I'm like, nope. Okay. Can't do that. Yeah. So that, and then, you know, also being high or drunk to have sex with men, you know, having to be intoxicated. <clears throat> That's me. Another one that I also related to was not like having sex out of desire. We also talked about this on the first pod, but like having it because, you know, one, you want to feel wanted or it's like a competition and, you know, like wanting to be a tease, but then also like 
having to follow through on that game is just a chore. Like having sex with men is a chore. Getting bored and being like, all right, can you just can you just finish like faking it halfway through and being like, yeah, come, come for me. Wait, just like, please finish. Can I say something really quick? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the time that I was having sex with men, it was, let me find it. Where was it? Um, having sex, not out of a desire for the physical pleasure or emotional closeness, but because you like feeling wanted. So anytime, like, let's say my sneaky link would be like, oh, I'm tired. Like I'm going to bed. It would make me so upset. Not even because I wanted the actual sex act to happen, but it just felt like, oh, he doesn't want me. Like he doesn't want me. I'm not physically attracted. Like, you know what I mean? I just wanted to be wanted. Being wanted no matter who it was. And also I will say it, I'm sure every lesbian, every bisexual would agree with me. It is much easier to find a guy that will want you in a certain capacity than it is to find a woman that will give you like the same kind of wanting. If that makes sense. There's just so many available men because men are easy, um, which also probably goes into my lack of respect for men. But I do think that that's why a lot of bi women end up with men is because it is inherently easier to be with a man than it is a woman. There are so many challenges that come with being with a woman that it is just easier to be with a man. It is. And it's just like, one, the community's smaller, so you have less of a pool to pull from, especially if you live in, like, a rural area. Like, if if you live in New York, L.A., San Francisco, big cities, it's going to be a bit easier. But, you know, everyone else in, like, the smaller cities, like, they're going to have a little bit harder issues. So I definitely feel like for bisexuals, you know, the easiness of it can definitely be a big contributing factor. Yeah. Um, I feel like, oh, also, I really thought that every girl also thought girls were hot growing up. I was like, every, everyone thinks this. No, girl, you're, you're gay. You, you're gay. Sit down. Um, and then also that period of time where I was like, I'm not gay. I'm just an ally. 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 <laughs> um okay and then also you know in case you guys haven't fully understand it i pulled a really good example again there's more examples within the document but i feel like this was just like the best one to kind of explain it once overall so this one is attraction versus compet so This one has to do with, you know, like being nervous and blushing because I feel like that's just a very initial phase of attraction. Um, And so a ton of like romance and media and just culture tropes have an idea like, you know, if if you're attracted to someone, if you like someone, you're going to be really nervous around them, right? Um, And so you might feel attracted to a man because you might feel like you're attracted to a man because you're nervous around them. But then you really have to think about why you're nervous around him. Because if you're actually attracted to this person, you would be nervous because you're excited to get to know them more. You're attracted to them because thinking about them being attracted to you, you know, you you really hope that they'll like you. That's why you're nervous. But it's compet if you're nervous because you're kind of just aware that they're observing you, you know, if they're 
interfering with your personal space as men often do, you know, you become self-conscious because like that person's watching you. So it's more of like a nervousness because you're uncomfortable rather than actually being attracted to this person. Yeah, I was literally going to say when I used to like meet up with men on Tinder or whatever dating app, my biggest fear was that I was not going to like them. I was not worried about them liking me whatsoever, did not even cross my mind. It was like, I'm not going to like them. And I would be so anxious because I was afraid I was going to not like them. And 10 times out of 10, I did not like them. They gave me the ick on the first date. I have never once gotten the ick on the first date with a woman, ever. I don't think I've gotten the ick with a woman before. I have because this girl wore LL Bean boots, so that would send me over the edge. I um, own LL Bean boots, and I canceled now. Well, it was the fact that she was wearing LL Bean boots with like Nike socks over jeans oh, with a yeah. like my babes. Truly, See, it was funny. My girlfriend and I were talking, like we were doing like twenty questions or something because we're children, <laughs> and one of them was just like, "What is what is my egg?" Like my girlfriend asked me, "Like what is my egg for her?" And I literally could not think of anything. The only thing I could say was that she drinks cold coffee sometimes. You know, when like you have a hot cup of coffee and then yeah. it gets cold, she'll still drink it. She'll still drink it. She's I know. A monster. She is a monster. Okay, so I'm not wrong in that. But that was the only thing I could think of. If you asked me that when I was dating one of my boyfriends, even at the time where I thought I was straight and I thought I loved these guys, I, I could have... <laughs> I could write you a novel. I could write you a 100-page essay. The way that he looks when he wakes up in the morning next to me. Waking up next to a man was always the scariest experience for me. Like, waking up next to them. When they're still sleeping. Like, when I wake up to next to my girlfriend and she's still sleeping, like, she she just looks beautiful, you know? Precious. Even if, you know, your mouth's open, you're snoring, you're, you're still beautiful. When I woke up next to my ex-boyfriend, even if he wasn't, like, if he was just sleeping, I was like, ugh. <laughs> no, right. I would get the ick and they're not even awake. And I have the ick. A man putting on pants would give me the ick. A man, like, looking at himself in the mirror, ick. Just a man, like, literally just doing man things. Getting out of the car. I'm throwing up. I'm also, throwing up I haven't seen many male apartments since I graduated but the male apartments that I was in when I was in college were absolutely heinous so that's one men are just disgusting I know there are men that are very clean I do have male friends now I have found the few needles in the haystack um, that are you know actually decently clean but that was one ick just the whole there I there's so many I could I don't even know which one I want to talk about right now. Years and years and years. Uh, One of the memes I found, it was so funny because I feel like it applied to me to a fucking T. It says, I'll post it on our Instagram, but it's pretty much like seeing a cool guy that they want to be friends with, but confusing it with like, is this someone that I have a crush on? That was, I feel like growing up, I was always like, I want to be able to have male friends that... I said this in the first episode, you know, I want to be able to have male friends that are just male friends, just close companions that happen to be men. Nothing romantic or sexual or anything within it. Um, but I feel like just with 
comp pet and society, I could fuse that so much. And also just kind of like, you know, keeping myself in the closet and just being very confused about my sexuality. Any guy that I was like remotely like friends with, I was like, oh, this is someone that I'm supposed to date. Which is not it. Like, you can just have friends. But I was like, oh, if I'm, like, remotely friends with this person, because I wasn't actually attracted to men, I took that slight interest as attraction. And I was like, yep, this is my boyfriend. No. You gay. (laughs) Yeah, I totally get that. All right. Well, our next episode, we have not planned it yet, but it's probably going to be us literally destroying Fresh and Fit. I hope just, so. I can't wait. Um, I can't wait. I also wanted to announce something I'm really excited about because I got a tickle in my throat. It took me a few hours to kind of, you know, figure out how it worked. But I want to announce that we are officially launching our Patreon. Um, so anyone that would like to subscribe, subscribe. Um, patrons get extra perks, so you can get, like, early access to episodes, depending on what level you're at, you know, you can get, like, bonus episodes, I really want to get merch one day, because I want to put my meme on a t-shirt, because I think I'm hilarious, um, so yeah, so, uh, once we launch that, like, you know, definitely subscribe if you'd like to, you know, we're both struggling city girls, so support the Patreon, and, you know, if you can't support the Patreon, that's perfectly fine. Rate us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, and yes. And also, I just want to give a huge shout out to Makana because she is the creative director of this podcast. She is running our Instagram, which we've never talked about on this actual podcast. Because I'm just assuming that everybody came from Instagram. But yeah, so our Instagram is just at Lesbians Podcast. Is that what it is? Yep, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so... <laughs> Makana posts the funniest memes for each episode and works really hard putting these things together. So she needs to be appreciated on there. And then I just edit the silly little pod. So that's how we delegate. That's how we delegate our tasks. Yeah, but you'd be editing the shit out of the podcast. So shout out as well. We are girls in tech. Women in STEM. Women in STEM. Yep. Okay. Well, we will see you guys next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.